This message is brought to you from Calon Church. We pray it encourages and inspires you. Good morning. How are you? I hope you're all well this morning. It's so lovely to see you. And thanks for joining us. So the name of the message for this morning is Be Organised. Okay? Be Organised. So let's just kick off with the word and then I'll explain a little bit of what I'm going to talk about. So the reading this morning is from 1 Corinthians chapter 13. We all know it. I have yet to be to a wedding where this has not been read out. But let's listen to it afresh, shall we? If I speak in the tongues of men and angels but have not love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but have not love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, But when perfection comes, the imperfect disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put childish ways behind me. Now we see but a poor reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain. Faith, hope and love. But the greatest of these is love. Isn't that wonderful? And you know what? What I love best about it is it's a list. I love lists. I absolutely love writing lists. I love reading lists. I have notebooks set aside for list making. I am a professional list maker. The reason I'm a professional list maker is because I am by nature quite disorganized. So I need a list to define what I need to do and to confine me to what I need to do. But the great thing about a list is that you can always add to it. It is ongoing, and there are few joys in life more satisfying than a completed list. When you see those ticks on a page, it fills my heart with joy. To be honest with you, between you and me, sometimes when I do lists, I put things on there I've already done just so I can tick them, and it makes me feel better about the list. So why do we need a list? Why do we need a list? Well, it helps us remember things. And what Paul is doing here in the letter to the Corinthians, he was writing to a church that were just behaving so badly. They were problematic. They were up to all sorts. But what Paul does is he doesn't focus on the problem. He offers them solutions. And he offers them solutions in a clear and methodical way. And some of it culminates in chapter 13, which is a list about why we should do this. We should do all of this because our motivation should be love. The fundamental underpinning thing for our organised lives should be love. So here we are, we're going to focus on three things. A list of things to remember, if you like. So if you're writing these down, make a list. Make a list of the three things that God wants you to remember to have an organised life forever, forever, let's say forever. So it is faith, hope and love. So why do we need faith? Why should faith be number one on your list? Well, it's simple, isn't it? Because 
God has given us the opportunity to trust him. So we trust in God. We trust and believe in him. What does trust mean? It means that we know that what he has for us is good. It means that we know he is good for us. He means to do us no harm. He means to build us up, not big us up. There's a big difference. What he wants to do is develop our character and our maturity and to make us wholly rounded people who can do his will, who can exercise his purpose in building the kingdom that we will see here on earth. The reason we do it, simple. We do it because Christ died for us. Our faith is based in nothing less but Jesus Christ Almighty. That is why we have faith. We obey for the same reason. For as Christ was obedient to death on a cross, so we are obedient now to our life in Christ. It's a mark of our growth. It's a mark of our maturity that we step forward in trust and obedience with Jesus. Why? For God's glory. We do all of this for God's glory. So when you're writing your list, write your list for the glory of God. But make sure your list is filled with faith because we believe. Now there is room for belief and unbelief, but not the unbelief that says that Jesus didn't do what he did. Because sometimes we doubt. I'm thinking about Thomas, you know, in the Bible. I'm thinking about how he needed proof that Jesus was Jesus when he revealed himself to the disciples. He said, I'm not going to believe you until you let me touch that wound in your side, until I can see the holes in your hand. I'm not going to believe it's you. And Jesus says, that's okay, Thomas, but you know what? Blessed are those who believe who haven't seen. And that's us. Our belief is rooted in something that is so much bigger than us, so much more mighty than us, and desires us in our innermost parts. You know, the next part of what we need in our faith walk is that we need to be reading our Bibles and praying. You know, Matthew Henry, not myself, I'd love to steal this, but I can't, says that the prayer of faith is the fervent prayer. How else would we know how to pray if we're not reading the Bible? The template for the best way to pray is in there. It's the Lord's Prayer. So if we're reading about a Jesus who loves us, about a God who desires good for us. We know who we're praying to. As we develop that depth of relationship, that intimacy with a living God, we will know what to pray. We will know how to pray. You know, it's just talking. Listen, when we pray, please don't think he listens to me more than he listens to you. He listens to us. So if there are things you need, you can ask your Father in heaven for that. And he listens, and the prayer of faith is the most fervent prayer. A prayer that is seasoned with obedience, with hope, with love. That is a fervent prayer. And the next thing that goes in line with faith, you can write all of this underneath it if you want, is our praise and our worship. Praise is our thanksgiving. It's our gratitude. It's a saying thank you to Jesus. Thank you to God for Jesus. It's our thanks. We are pouring out our gratitude to God. Our worship is when we exalt God to the rightful place, where we lift God up and say, you alone are God, we are not worthy. Our praise is a prerequisite for our worship. We can't worship without praise. We can't elevate God to the status he deserves unless we're grateful. We have to have an 
and pinpoint laser sharp recognition of who we are and who God is and recognize that God alone commands the glory and he doesn't share with anyone. Second on our list is you need to have hope. Why do you need to have hope? Why do you need to have hope? Listen, hope is the thing that stills the worrying. Listen, stop worrying. If I can tell you anything this morning, God wants you to be in a place of peace where you can stop worrying. And not just about our current situation, but worrying about everything. We need to be in a place where that anxiety and that stress is still. So the second thing on your list today is why you need to be organized. You, have org- you are organized through having hope. Hope in God. The hope of glory is Christ in me. That's what Paul says. The hope of glory in us is Christ in in us. When Jesus died and was resurrected and ascended to heaven, he left his Holy Spirit. We know, friends, that the same power that lifted Christ up now resides in us. We can hope and be assured of that hope, that that hope will not be found wanting. That hope will not be found in any kind of suspicion or any kind of doubt. That hope is real and certain and clear. The next thing we need to do, of course, when we're not worrying, is we need to, can I just say this? Can I just say this honestly? We need to stop our whining. Some of us, and I put my hand up, you know, when we look at our lives, it's easy to focus on the lack therein instead of the huge abundance that Christ has for us. Stop whining about your life. Let's count our blessings. Let's be in a place where we can recognize blessing everywhere. Be a person for whom gratitude flows. So when you're walking about, talking, doing your everyday stuff, we can be grateful for taps, grateful for doors, grateful for tarmac, grateful for lampposts. We can be grateful for everything. So let's exercise those small pieces of gratitude and then we can build up to those huge pieces of gratitude whereby we are grateful for everything. The breath in my lungs, the next breath that comes, I'm so grateful for because that's God ordained. There's nothing that he hasn't done for us that he wouldn't do for us. He sent his only son to die for us. I'm so grateful and we need to be in a place where we absolutely recognize that sometimes our pettiness and our small-mindedness can really disconnect us from the glory of God. You know, who wants to be around a whinger? Who wants to be around a person who's hangry because they haven't had a Mars bar yet? Who wants to be around a person who's miserable? Who wants to do that? We should be conduits of peace and joy and love for everyone we come across, but also for ourselves. For that is the hallmark of our relationship with God, that we are whole in him and can rejoice and enjoy him. The last bit of that, the last bit of having hope is that, and I really want you to focus on this, is that we can have hope in a God who loves us and is for us because he created us in his image. Knowing that you are unique and special to God because there is no other person like you, I urge you, friends, stop comparing yourself to other people. Theodore Roosevelt said, comparison is the thief of joy. If you are constantly looking at your brother and sister and wishing you were more like them, or if you're constantly looking at your brother and sister and resenting them because what they have and you don't, we need to end all of that now. We need to be in a place that we are better and kinder than all of that. Friend, I don't want what you've got, but I really want you to have what you've got. I want us to be in a place where our relationship is reciprocal and whole because I no longer live in a place where I live in that lack. Everything I have 
is what God has given to me and I am comfortable and I rejoice in that. Our third point, put this in your list. The third thing to remember on your list of being organized is we need to have love. Friend, you are so loved. You are so loved. And there is nothing, trust me, nothing on this earth that can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. How do I know that's true? My Bible tells me. My Bible tells me that that is true. And I choose to be in a place that believes that. You know, love doesn't alter when it alteration finds. Nor does it bend with a remover to remove. It is an ever fixed mark. That's Shakespeare, by the way, not me. It's too clever for me. But I believe that wholeheartedly. Nothing changes the way God loves us. When you found that love, hold on to it. Because it is life. So we need to have love in everything we do. Let's just have love. You were created in love. You were created in love. I don't want to hear anybody saying, you know, that they're a mistake. You may have been unplanned in human terms, but you were not unplanned by God. God rejoices in you. He adores you. He delights in you. He wants to lavish everything he has upon you. No more looking back now about what happened in the past. You are loved and delighted upon. You are not a mistake, friend. You are not a mistake. Not now, not ever. We need to know that we are forgiven. And when we are forgiven, we are able to forgive, but we're also able to forget. That's what love does. Love holds no record of wrongs. We've just read it. So we need to live in a place that doesn't hold on to hurts, doesn't hold on to it. I am so sorry if anything happened to you that made you into a person you don't like or don't recognize, but I'm telling you, friend, I'm asking you to believe not to let the tragedy and trauma of what happened to you define the person that God always anointed you to be you need to be in a place of wholeness with God where you can break free from that because that's what he wants for you he adores you so be kind be kind to others and be kind to yourself be in a place that knows that when our kindness is shown to all we are doing God's work you know there's a lot more to being a Christian than being kind I wholly acknowledge that but you know there's nothing less Being kind is a hallmark of our faith. It is a key component. And yeah, maybe we need to practice that a bit more. Well, good, let's practice it on each other. I'll be kind and I'll be kind to me. Let's keep on living in a place of kindness. Nothing, the Bible tells us, nothing else matters than faith expressing itself through love. So what's left to say? Now these things remain. Faith, hope and love. And the greatest of these three is love. This message is brought to you from Callon Church. If you want to know more, please check us out online at callon.church.